Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. fans it is matt with the dpi podcast and it is 2 it's a fun date um and we are talking some disney tonight we're talking a lot of disney tonight um just a ton of news came out over the last you know week and on top of that i'm kind of in a mood tonight um i was kind of hoping that peter with princesses and the mouse would be here tonight just so you know, I could go off the rails a little bit, and he would be there to kind of reel me back in. But, you know, he had some things come up. So, um, we're going to see how this goes. I think it's going to be pretty fun um, to kind of <laughs> lay into Disney for about 15 minutes tonight. Uh, but that's going to come later in the show. Let's get through the news first, and then we'll kind of get into what my bathroom thoughts were and kind of where, where my head is with Disney right now. So, um, if you don't know us... Disney Planning Insights, we are a content creation team that works on making people's Disney vacations a lot easier um, with tips and tricks, with helping with planning vacations, all kinds of stuff we do to help people enjoy Disney vacations instead of dreading all the planning and everything that goes into a Disney vacation. 
that's who we are. So what do we do? Um, we have a YouTube channel. Um, some of you are watching on the YouTube channel tonight. Thank you very much. Um, hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Um, thank you very much for being over there on the YouTube channel. But it is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast YouTube channel. And on that channel, you can find park overviews, you can find planning tips, you can find ride videos, you can find reviews of certain things. It's kind of like a one-stop shop for everything that we do Disney. Um, we have a Facebook page, at DPI Podcast over on Facebook. We do Photography fi Friday, we do our Photography Wednesday, we do Wild Wednesday. Um, we stay up to date on news and notes and everything like that and kind of keep our community up to date with what's going on. We have a Twitter page um, at Disney Insights and that's where I do a lot of my one-on-one -on -one interaction, talk to people about different things. Really, that's where I'm the most active as far as talking to people about Disney content is over on the Twitter page. Um, and then we also have Twitch and Twitch is going the way it's going right now. Um, we have a couple of people that like to jump in and watch every time we go live. Um, and we're, we're just kind of constantly gaining views over on the Twitch. And that's going to be at Matt underscore DPI is the Twitch channel. So a lot of different places where you can find us. Um, and then for all of you that listen to us on the podcast, thank you very much. We just went over 6,000 listens on the podcast. And that is um, anywhere that you can get a podcast, basically, Disney Planning Insights Podcast, and you can find us. Um, so, now you know who we are. So, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, tonight is Disney news. We're going to go around the parks. We're going to talk about all the news that has dropped over the last week. Kind of give our two cents on what we think about it. And then we're going to kind of get into... Eh, I'll say it's... a. Uh, a bitch session. I don't I don't know what it's going to turn into. Um, but stay tuned for it because it, it's sure to be pretty good. So, let's start with the news. News this week. Like I said, tons of news this week. We're going to start with Disney has decided that they want to build residential communities. Um, and it is kind of spectacular. Uh, Story Living by Disney is a new business to develop residential communities. Um, first one's going to be out in California. And basically... Think about a small-scale Epcot in a neighborhood form. Um, it's going to have entertainment districts. It is going to have residential. It is going to have um, businesses. It is going to just kind of have everything that a neighborhood has. And, and we, we have a, a few of those around us in central Indiana. Um, and I think about this like I would think about like the villages down in Florida, where you kind of have everything all together altogether um, in a relatively close proximity to where you could golf cart the places or you could walk the places or, and that kind of thing. Now what struck me by the initial um, by the initial photography of it is am I gonna have to fill out an application to live in these neighborhoods? <laughs> um, it looks like they need a certain number of musicians and actors and that kind of stuff to, <laughs> to pull this off. You think about a Disney production. Um, that's what I feel like these residential communities are going to be like for little fantasy islands where you can go and kind of live a Disney dream as you retire. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, but no, let me know your thoughts about it. Um, type in the chat wherever you are. Uh, and definitely if you want to send us a comment over on Facebook, um, again, at DPI podcast over on Facebook. 
Uh, moving on, Grand Floridian's getting ready to have a lengthy refurbishment. It looks like a couple of the outbuildings are going to get refurbished, and this is because they are expanding their DVC property there. Uh, let's see, I'm just a hair out of focus today. Um, so Grand Floridian's going to expand their DVC hold, and they're going to be starting a new contract. So DVC is Disney Vacation Club, for those of you that don't know. And Disney Vacation Club is... Uh, it's like a vacation plan, basically, where you buy points to stay on Disney properties. And you have a home resort. So say you buy into the, this new Grand Floridian project. This new Grand Floridian project would be your home resort. And if you buy when they go on sale through that first year, you will have those points for 30 years. Um, and then as that resort ages, the people that buy in later and later and later have less and less years to use those points. Um, it's kind of like a timeshare almost. Um, and Grand Floridian already has a DVC wing. Now they're going to add some more. So cool, whatever. They released the pricing on this wing and it's going to be like $245 a point, which is $30 more than what the highest new points have been in a while. So yeah, again, this is, this goes into what my conversation is going to be later in the show about Disney is just trying to suck every dollar out of a person that they can right now. And there, there's a big segment of those people that are returning guests that are kind of getting sick of it. Speaking of that, Disney has to pay for these new things. So how are they going to do that? They increased their multi-day ticket prices. And um, small increases, one to four days, you know, not not a whole... One to three days stay the same. Four-day base ticket went from 433 or 434 to 600 um, to 450 to 600. Um, so basically what they're doing is they're taking their floor price and kind of bringing it up. Um, but when you get into five, six, seven day tickets, it kind of moves laterally um, the floor and the ceiling on those tickets. What does this mean? Well, a long time ago, like three years ago, like pre-pandemic, when you got to that fifth day, the next days were like 20 bucks per person a day. And it really made sense to take longer trips because, well, you start lowering your cost per day ticket price. Now... Not so much. Um, it's it's really getting to a point where it, it's moving laterally. Now, granted, the tickets are still coming down in price a little bit as you get into the fourth day, the fifth day. But instead of it being that $20 and $10, now it's $40 and $30. And it just, it, it's starting, you lose that value that you used to have in those longer days those longer stays, um, and using those tickets for longer days. So we'll see how that goes. Again, 10-day um, is all you can do on a single ticket. Base price on a 10-day ticket 
basically jumped about $50 across the board. Um, so five bucks a day. So when you think about that, you know, five bucks a day for 10 days, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Family of four, that becomes $200. And it, it's just another thing that you kind of, it kind of hits into your vacation budget. You know, whatever that vacation budget is. Uh, let's let's go to Disney Cruise um, for a couple of stories. The Wish, um, we had the big story about it kind of getting released into the water last week. They're starting to release some more of the activities and things that are going to be going on on The Wish. Um, the first one that we saw was Joyful Sweets. And it is going to be a sweet shop kind of like... Um, Oh, what is it? Oh, Vanel P. Von Schweetz, uh shop on the Dream, and basically it's a it's an additional candy shop that has little cakes and candies and that kind of stuff at additional purchase. Um, but it's going to be themed to the Inside Out um, movie, if you have seen that, with joy and sadness and anger and disgust and fear. Um, yeah, so it says. Get ready to let your emotions take control of some delicious desserts aboard the Disney Wish. Okay. Um, the other thing that we got was an upcharge dining offered. And, you know, with most of the ships right now, the upcharges on the dining side are adult-only dining. Um, on the Wish, they're going to have this as a... A family dining, and it is Ro Olaf's Royal Picnic. And basically, you can join your favorite Frozen friends for a summertime picnic in Arendelle during a premium entertainment experience specifically designed for families with children ages 3 to 12. At Ro Olaf's Royal Picnic... I, I don't know why I want to say Roloffs. Um, at Olaf's Royal Picnic, guests will interact with Olaf, Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff like never before, and delight in live musical performances of beloved songs like Let It Go, Fixer Upper, and In Summer. Um, Shannon, I'm just saying right now, if we get to sing In Summer on, on, on the ship, um, this is something that we may have to do. Uh, Peter, when you, when you watch this, um, yeah. We got this. I mean, it, it might be just a cruise that we have to do. I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, but no, cool that they're kind of focusing some of the upcharge events on families. Uh, I guess cool and not cool at the same time because, again, if you have a family, you're not just paying one or two times that upcharge price. You're paying three, four, five times that upcharge price, which kind of sucks. Um, so it is what it is. Let's go over to Land. Land, Toontown closing a date, date announced in Disneyland. So Toontown is closing for a huge remodel, and that is going to be um, with the addition of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway over in Disneyland. Um, Toontown is going to kind of expand into one of the parking lots and really grow that area. So, it is going to close March of this year, and it looks like it's going to be, oh, excuse me, March the 9th of this year, and then it's going to reopen sometime in early 2023, which means if it's like the Tron construction, 2027, um, just be ready for it to take that long. 
because we are in year five of Tron now. Um, you know, that's that's great that we t- have a clone roller coaster that really just has to go over a train, and it, um, it's taken five years for Disney to build. Yeah. We can't blame it all on the pandemic, guys. All right, uh, moving on. Oh, Star Cruiser opens this week. Uh, interested to see some, some of the reviews as people get through the experience. I think the first cruise, like, uh, for the, uh, wow, for the non-public, for, um, for news organizations and vlogs and that kind of stuff. I think the first cruise started today and is going, uh, through Friday or Thursday. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the bigger media um, are all planning on like Friday shows on going over what the cruise is about. Cool. Uh, There's been a lot of good and bad coming out about what's been going on with the entertainment and the food and the experience and, and Disney kind of I don't know. It almost feels like they're hiding and changing information as they get a pulse from the public. So we'll see what it actually becomes. Uh, again, we'll be able to kind of report back next week because we'll have a few people that have gone through it and we'll get to read some reviews. So Star Cruiser is that Star Wars themed experience with a hotel. It is a three, two-night, three-day experience that you get to go to Galaxy's Edge one of the days and get a fast pass or a lightning lane, basically, to Smuggler's Run, to Rise of the Resistance. It It's a cool idea. I'm interested to see what it turns into because I feel like there's a lot of ways it can go. I think there's going to be some people that are going to be like, no, I feel trapped. I need to get out of here. And it, I, I just hated it. I think there's going to be some people that are Star Wars fans that really enjoy the experience. And then I think there's some people that are Star Wars fans that are going to say, yeah, this this isn't Star Wars. So, like I said, I think there's a lot of ways it can go. I'm just waiting to see kind of where it goes with that. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, Hollywood Studios. Mini and... Mickey and Minnie starring in Red Carpet Dreams at Hollywood Studios is now reopened. Um, This was why we thought they were getting rid of the Mickey and Minnie uh, cavalcade there. And this location is kind of behind uh, the theater where the Frozen show is right now on Commissary Lane. So if you know where Sci-Fi Drive-In is, it's kind of across the lane from sci-fi drive-in back on that backside of the theater Minnie is in her glam Hollywood dress Mickey is in his Fantasia hat and robe cool 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 meet and greet um it is one that family has done and we we really enjoyed it it was it was a really really good good meet and greet 
doing it as physically distanced, so you're going to have that six feet between you and the character, so you're going to shoot over your family's shoulder and see the character, and yeah, it is what it is right now. Um, but we'll see how fast all this stuff keeps coming back. Disney World announces Disney Genie Plus sales change. I don't know how much of a sales change it was, other than the fact that if you have a single day ticket, you get Disney Plus at on the day of your ticket. So at midnight, you can purchase Genie Plus, um, and that let, gives you access to those Lightning Lane reservations, except for the individual Lightning Lane reservations. Um, if you have a multi-day ticket that you didn't purchase Genie Plus with, you can buy it at any time leading up to your trip, up to the day of. Um, so you can actually buy it early, but you don't get access to any of the Lightning Lane reservations early. All the Lightning Lane reservations start at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. is when they open them up. And then with the individual ones, they're kind of there until they're gone. Um, with the other Lightning Lane ones, attractions uh they kind of refresh throughout the day so you kind of have to keep checking it it's almost like fast passes uh where they seem to release more to different rides later in the day to kind of move crowds around we're seeing that a little bit with lightning lane as well so and then the other change is now you can buy it and this has been for about a month now you can buy it as part of a multi-day ticket on the front end so if you buy a three-day ticket as part of your vacation package, you can buy the three-day park, park ticket. And just like Park Hopper is an option, you can add the Genie Plus as an option to that three-day ticket as well. But you would have to buy it for all of the days. You can't buy it for just individual days at that point. So is what it is. Genie Plus is here to stay. Get used to it. Over at Epcot, Anna and Elsa are back greeting guests in the Royal Summer House, which is, when you're looking at the Norway Pavilion, it's at the very left side of the Norway Pavilion. It's a little kind of red house. Um, there's always going to be a line out of it because it is a relatively popular meet and greet. It's a cool little area. Um, they had been meeting in front of that area uh, for the last few months, uh, and now they are meeting back in the Royal Summer House. And that just shows more openness to Disney of moving the characters inside without masks instead of them be, uh, being all outside. You know, we've got Princess Fairy Tale Hall and Magic Kingdom back open on both sides. And you've got meet and greets in there. You've got uh, Town Square Theater with Mickey and Tinkerbell there. And then you've got now Royal Summer House, Red Carpet of Dreams, that kind of stuff coming back. So, again, you're getting more of those characters in their predominant brick-and-mortar settings, which is really, really cool to see. Uh, big news today. Uh, so, 2-22-22 is the day that Disneyland announces all of their nighttime spectaculars are coming back and when they're coming back. So, Main Street Electrical Parade. Disney for Disneyland Forever, World of Color are going to return to Disneyland Resort on April 22nd. 
Fantasmic for Disneyland returns on May the 28th. We don't have any word on when Fantasmic is going to return to Disney World. Uh, in addition to that, the Main Street Electrical Parade has repurposed the big strip of bacon float, the American flag float, uh, to a bunch of character scenes. So it starts out with the Blue Fairy, and there are multiple character scenes on each side of the float. So depending on which side of the street you're on, you're going to see those character scenes. On the other side of the street, they have different character scenes. So this is going to be something that you're going to want to see from both sides of the street now. And they're going to include Encanto. They're going to include Raya. They're going to include uh, Mulan, Moana, all of these newer uh, Disney movies. Which is pretty interesting and pretty cool. We, we know that there's going to be, and we talked about this a long time ago, that there was going to be changes made to the Pocahontas scene in Fantasmic. Now we have changes to the Main Street Electrical Light Parade as well. So, cool. Uh, Disneyland is in our future. We don't know when yet, but we will be out there to check that out as well. Uh, looking around, anybody going crazy yet? Nope. All right. Let's keep going. Disneyland Spectaculars. Also today... Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival Food Guide was released. And boy, is there a lot of good food. There's always a lot of good food in these. But Shannon and I sat up here and looked through the whole food guide. You can go over to uh, Disney Parks blog to check it out. And we'll put it up over on the Princesses and the Mouse Facebook page as well. The food guide is awesome. If you're planning to attend Epcot during one of these festivals, it kind of gives you an idea of where everything is and what each stand is offering. So you don't have to go stand to stand and kind of look at the menu and try and figure out what it is. This actually gives it like a one-stop shop. You can check out everything and kind of make decisions before you get to the park, which is nice. Um, a couple of the things that stuck out to me were... There is a fantastic cider menu this year. Um, it seemed like most of the stands have a unique cider, hard cider. And I am a hard cider person, so uh, that makes me really happy. Um, it sounds like we're going to be drinking a lot at Epcot, which is really, really fun. Uh, we're also going to be at Epcot on St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, if you're walking around Epcot and you see us, let's go have a green beer. We'll do it. But on the foodie guide, lots and lots of stuff, like I said. Um, Canada always stands out to me because they always seem to have a good steak dish. Um, the French Pavilion had some good stuff. Your, um, your sipper cups this year are going to be at um, the, Honey Bee, the Honey Bistro, hosted by National Honey Board. And then over at Citrus Blossom near Port of Entry. So the Honey Bistro is going to have the um, the Spike the Bee Sipper Cup. And Orange Blossom, or Citrus Blossom, will have the Orange Bird Citrus, or Sipper Cup. So if you're looking for those collectibles, they are going to limit it to two per guest. Um, 
so they don't have a figment popcorn bucket situation on their hands. But like I said, uh, lots of good, lots of good beers, lots of good ciders uh, at most of these uh, locations. So like I said, check out that um, food guide. We'll have it posted a couple of different places once we get through with the show tonight. Ah, uh, let's see. Anything else? Ah, last but not least, I guess, is that WD, W pass holders. So um, annual pass holders can get the following complimentary magnet at Disney Springs from March 2nd through March 30th. And it's a really cute magnet um, that has the iridescent D with Mickey and Minnie holding hands. The... Um, uh, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway animation style Mickey and Minnie uh, holding hands in the D. It's got the annual pass holder at the bottom. Really cool magnet. But you have to follow some steps. <laughs> this, The way that they're doing this is, is kind of interesting. Because you have to um, have a virtual queue time for it. So they're basically going to... Set up a virtual queue, and then you have to ensure your family and friends list is up to date. Then you have to sign up for the virtual queue on My Disney Experience, and then you have to be there um, within that hour, just like a, a ride. You have to be you have to be somewhere in Disney Springs within an hour uh, to to pick up your thing. The queue opens at nine a.m. The the actual place where you pick it up is going to be between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, so you got got some time to get back to it. But lots, lots, lots going on around the parks. I mean, new section, if it's just me, never takes a half hour. We're, we're pushing a half hour on this new section. Um, so real quick, before I get into... Um, my little rant about Disney tonight. Let's check out uh, the DPI and Princesses of the Mouse travel ad, and then I will come right back to you guys. So, yeah. I got a little bit of an idea and it isn't it isn't the nicest on the Disney side. You don't know the power of the dark side. 
so we're going to go to the dark side here. If you haven't been here for the DPI dark side, it's where I kind of go off the rails a little bit on Disney. So Disney has been raising prices a lot, a lot, and taking away more and more and more and more and more. And, you know, for a while I was like, hmm, this really thing, this really seems like they're trying to find a threshold where people are going to stop going to the parks. And I was really focused on, like, new guests. At some point, new guests are going to look at the price of a Disney trip and they're going to say, God, no, I can't afford that. And, you know, we were talking about hotel prices for what would normally be a slow time in the year at Disney. So between Thanksgiving and Christmas, normally relatively slow, not not a great time to go, or a really great time to go, because almost no school systems are, are out between that time. So you've got three weeks that are usually really strong times to go get good rates on hotels. You get to see the parks all dressed up for Christmas, and there's really relatively low crowds. In those three weeks, two of the weeks we couldn't find a hotel under $1,000 a night. And that's crazy. That means All-Stars were booked. Pop Century was booked. Uh, Art of Animation was booked. So, it's not going to be a slow time. You know, you're looking between those five hotels, six hotels if you add Coronado into it, Caribbean Beach. That's 15,000 hotel rooms that are basically full for three weeks. And that's insane. So I I was thinking about it and I started thinking about how this isn't affecting the new guest. It's affecting the returning guest. It's affecting the person that has gone to the parks prior to COVID. That has gone to the parks when the Magical Express was the Magical Express. When Fast Passes were Fast Passes. When there was a dining plan. The people that took the time, that planned, that plotted, that knew the ways to save time and to save money. And they took all those things away. And what did they replace it with? Well, things you could pay for. You can still save the time. You can still figure out how to plan days at the parks. And, and, and Peter and I try and do a really good job of that with our clients. It's really, how do you structure your day at the parks? You know, what are your priorities? What, do you, what, what are can't-miss items? And really structure days to fit those things. But for the person that's returning, the value aspect and where you could find the value aspect is gone. So you think about, and I know a lot of people that watch and listen to this have been to the parks multiple times. When, when you used to plan a, a vacation, you would start out with, okay, flights, whatever, um, where am I going to stay? Okay. Well, normally you already had your trip planned out ahead because you were trying to get a bounce back offer from the previous trip. 
And that usually started that process of you were saving money at that point. Bounce back offers you could get up to 30% off your hotel rooms depending on when you're coming back to the parks. And that was things outside of the deals that they were already ha offering. Anytime that we call for a bounce back now, they're like, well, let me see what deals are on the website. And I'm like, I can see those deals. It doesn't do me any good if you're just going to offer me the same deals that you're offering to anybody else. You know, you're offering the same deals to a person that's willing to return to the parks as a person that hasn't been to the parks at all. Then you get there, get to the hotel room. You're not getting your tags before you go. You're not getting those little uh, luggage tags for your flight. So you used to go to your airport, you dropped your bags off, you checked them in at your airport, and they were in your hotel room when you got to Disney. So your vacation really, really started when you got to your own hotel. Because at that point, your bags, Disney was taking care of that. Your transportation, Disney was taking care of that when you got to the Orlando International Airport. You go down to Magical Express, you'd scan your magic band. They'd say, go to aisle three, you'd wait in aisle three, you'd get on a bus and they would take you right to your resort. And your, your vacation had already started. Now, you get to Orlando, you pick up your checked bags, just like on any other vacation. And you pay for the same service that used to be free from the same company that used to offer it for free <laughs> um, to get to your hotel. And not only are they doing the Disney hotels, they're doing all the surrounding hotels as well. So not only are you going to be on a bus with maybe Disney guests, but you might be on a bus with somebody that's there for baseball or somebody that's there for a cheerleading convention or somebody that's there for a family vacation at the Gaylord or something like that. You know, there's a lot of different things that people go down to Orlando for. A Garth Brooks concert. You know, there, there's a ton of stuff that goes on in Orlando. And then you get to your resort and you still have your free transportation there. It's a little change. You still can get a bus. If you're on a, the monorail loop, you can get on the monorail. If you're on one of the Skyliner resorts, you can get on the Skyliner, but there's no minivans. Yes, you can get an Uber or Lyft and it's cheaper, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. The amount of entertainment that's going on around the hotels right now is diminished. The amount of housekeeping you get at your hotel is diminished. When it comes to getting to the parks, they just raise ticket prices. So if you're going from now forward, you're paying a higher price. They don't have dining plans back yet. You know, we have a whole video on the value of dining plans and why dining plans make sense. And especially with kids, why that deluxe dining plan made a ton of sense when you were doing character meals. You know, you go sit down at a Topolino's or a Chef Mickey's or something like that, you're paying $53 an adult right now. $53 an adult. And it used to be one one table service credit the value and the ways to obtain that value are going away and you have fast passes fast passes at the park used to be free there used to be a system on how you got fast passes where you started how you maneuvered through the day now it's this lightning lane you pay for it 15 bucks per person per day 
you don't even get the two big rides at each park. You know, you pay for Lightning Lane Plus or Genie Plus to get Lightning Lane and at Magic Kingdom, and you don't get Seven Dwarfs. You pay for it at Epcot. You don't get Ratatouille. You don't get Frozen. What's the point? Those were the fast passes that everybody went for. Disney can make money on them. So, not only are they getting the $15 per person per day for the Lightning Lane, in a lot of cases, they're getting another $15 per person just to ride a Rise of the Resistance and ride a Ratatouille, a Remy's Adventure. It's, it's infuriating right now to be a fan of Disney and to see what's going on and to work with clients and say, okay, you have to pay for this, and you have to pay for this, and you have to pay for this. And, and, and if it's your first time and you really want to do this, we recommend you pay for this. It sucks to have to tell clients that. Because we know what it used to be. Now the parks are going to evolve, are in, evolve. And we've seen that, yeah, this isn't as bad as what you get at Universal. You know, you have to pay... $129 for the day at the park and you pay another, you know, 79 or 80 bucks for that max pass or whatever it is so that you can ride everything and, and skip lines. Disney wasn't competition to Universal. There was no competition. Disney smashed Universal. And now what are they doing? They're letting Universal come back. They're letting people find value in going to Universal. Universal's adding a whole new section. Universal's adding hotels, resorts that offer free max passes. Or express passes or whatever they're called. People can find more value in a Universal vacation than they can find in a Disney vacation. And it, it just... It's hard to say that. It's hard to swallow after you say that. Because it, it, it's it, that's not how it's supposed to be. Disney is supposed to just kind of... Blow everybody out of the water. In terms of experience. In terms of cleanliness. In terms of friendliness. That kind of thing. And those things are just not there. You know, I got into it with somebody on Twitter last week about... The parks, you know, when we went on our last trip in November, it was very noticeable how dirty the parks were. And the person was trying to justify it by saying, oh, but people are dirty. People have always been dirty. People are nasty. But that didn't change what the parks looked like. Now you can see it. And it's just disheartening because you're taking Disney that, like I said, for a long time was way up here with everybody else down here and Disney's doing this as everybody's trying to work their way up to them. Is the addition of Guardians and Tron going to help? Eh, we'll see. You know what those are? more things that you're going to have to pay for when you go to on your visit. So, I'll get off my high horse now. Um, I got a good 15 minutes out of that. Again, I'm Matt with the DPI Podcast. 
we are a content creation company um, and we work with people to plan Disney vacations and help them enjoy their Disney vacation uh, by easing some of those planning concerns and, and giving them tips and tricks and, and ideas on things to do while they're at the parks. So if you are looking to book a vacation, book with us today at PATM Disney Travel over on Facebook or you can go to the website. Um, it's been splattered down at the bottom, but it's patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com and if you go to the booking your trip page, uh, you can fill out information there. But that being said, thank you very much for watching tonight. Let's get into the outro. No guest. Peter was going to come on. Things came up. We'll catch him next week, but lots to talk about. So thanks for sticking with us to the end. social media accounts we are on facebook at dpi podcast on twitter at disney insights our instagram is princesses and the mouse youtube the disney planning insights podcast where else twitch matt underscore dpi check us out i think you'll like what we have guys all for watching listening everything that you do have yourself a good week if you have weather coming stay safe and we will talk to you next tuesday